following podcast contains language and scenes that may be upsetting to some listeners. Listening discretion is advised. Miss Holmes, a novella by John Noonan. Welcome to episode 2 of Ms. Holmes. Each week I'll be launching audio of my novella at you like it's going out of fashion. Oh, you lucky people. Last week, our hero John Watson was concerned for the well-being of his friend SH after the death of her brother. She promptly paid back his concerns by leaving Manchester and promising to come back in a few months. This week? Well, let's see if she kept her promise, eh? Three years later. Watson, Watson, roared my friends as the free range pike was put before me. The custom of the free range pike was starting my first year at university when, upon my hallmate's 19th birthday, the remaining rooms, or those who were willing to do so, threw some pounds in to put towards several different shots, enough to fill a pint glass. Of course, you didn't just ask a barman to fill the glass, it required a surreptitious act of buying numerous shots, and certain rules needed to be heeded. No aftershocks or Jaeger bombs or anything else that was the equivalent of battery acid. No, we fooled our late teen selves into believing that we were classier by requesting shots from the top shelf. If Jaeger bombs were the caged hens of alcohol, then surely the famous Grouse or Smirnoff were the pinnacle. The free range option. Birthday boy then got to either sip the pint for the rest of the night or down it in one. The free range pint idea was a terrible idea then and it was a terrible idea now as I, at the end of my masters and having avoided it all my life, had one place in front of me. Sat surrounded by my rugby chums and shrinking English lit classmates, I raised the glass like a trophy. Are you ready, boys? I cried. My friends cheered and were promptly silenced by the bar staff. Smiling, I brought the glass to my lips to the soundtrack of my rugger buggers, whispering, Get it down, you Zulu warrior. Get it down, you Zulu chief. And I sipped it. A jovial booing chorus erupted, followed by another and final warning from the barman. I'll leave him alone cried a man nearest. They're just having a laugh. I glanced over to see a middle-aged bald man in glasses being shushed by what I assume was his partner. He looked like he was set for another spray at the barman, but his companion won the hour. He sighed, did a cheeky smile, and held up his glass to us. While I did the same, I had no intention of drinking the pint, let alone downing it. I'm not a doctor, but I know liver failure in a glass when I see it. Only one person in my years at university ever downed the pint. She was my closest friend, and she downed that drink simply to find out what would happen. She would tell me the stomach pump afterwards had been an enlightening experience. I had not seen SH for so long, and I missed her terribly. Reasoning that I would be rid of the contents by pouring it into a pot plant later, when no one was looking, I continued to sip my drink while the rest of the table settled down. Out the corner of my eye, I felt the presence of someone watching me, and not a cliché in terms of narrative, but true nonetheless, and I turned in the direction of my watcher. Nearly spilling my pint, which perhaps would have been a good idea in light of how it tasted, I clapped my eyes upon my potential stalker. Upon her. SH after all these years. Three years had not dulled how arresting she looked. Her bright eyes sparkled under a fringe dyed shocking red. She smiled and it lit up my world as it had done all those years ago. Pointing to the exit, she walked towards the door before giving me a final thumbs up. I made my excuses to the group and followed her onto Canal Street. Outside, the freshness of the Manchester breeze made me regret leaving without my coat. 
I looked up and down the road and saw her perched upon the wall overlooking the canal which ran parallel to the street. Noticing me, she smiled once more and my heart lifted again as I made my way over. Pretty much how I left it then, she said, gesturing towards the crowd. Loud and frequented by hen parties and tourists. You never could just enjoy yourself, could you? I poked. You had to be the more enlightened one of our group. Well, it's hard to get excited by bog-off pints and competitions to see who can do the best Macarena. I'll blame that TV programme. Being gay is never been so cool. Did you read that as if somehow... Where have you been, SH? I interrupted. Around. Try again. What do you want me to say? She queried, generally not seeming to understand. I went away. I came back. You didn't call? You didn't write? You didn't even bother to email? I said, realising that my elation at seeing SH had been misappropriated. Talking to her on the street brought me back to that time three years ago when she walked out of my life without so much as a... Well, anything. Honestly, mate, it doesn't matter. Call it a moment's lapse of soul-searching. You had everything going for you. Is this going as well as you hoped? She smiled. Is it going to look good in your next story? I'm sure I don't know what you mean. SH pulled out a copy of the university magazine. It was the publication I wrote for on occasion for some extra income whilst I worked to my master's. Seeking inspiration to fill up the column inches, I had dipped into my diary entries to recount and bastardise some of mine and SH's drunken adventures together. Merely fluff, something for shits and giggles. And yet they had proven to be quite popular. And I got some extra beer tokens when I sent more. Win-win. Been some familiar stories in the last few issues, she said. That thing about the dog, the incident with the gingers, and there's even one about your first dalliance into heteronormative behaviour, isn't there? What was that called again? It's right here, the woman. I blushed. It was called The Woman SH. She stuffed the magazine back into her knapsack and pulled out a squash packet of marble lights. She placed two in her mouth, lit them both and offered me one. I took the cigarette and tried to gauge not the mood of my recently absent friend, but my own. Talking to me as if she had never left had robbed me of my moment, which, yes, I had rolled over and over in my mind, letting it bounce around like a marble in a jar. I was angry and yet, I admit... I had never been so happy to see someone in my whole life. Your mum Mary, SH smiled. How is she? She's still religiously watching Big Brother. Nah, uh, nah, she isn't, is she? I can see it in your face. What does she do? Move on to Strictly Come Dancing? She's dead, I said. She's dead. The silence between us drowned out the raucous sounds of Canal Street, washing away the revellers and leaving the two of us alone in our moments. Her, slack-jawed, myself, eyes shrink-wrapped in tears. I, uh, I, I, I didn't know, she finally uttered. Well, of course you bloody didn't, I blurted, the anger finally and justifiably rising to the surface. You disappear for three fucking years, refuse to turn my calls and letters, and then turn up here like butter wouldn't melt, and instead of an explanation, you try to make out as if somehow this is normal fucking behaviour. It's my birthday, SH, did you at least remember that? SH had begun an intense inspection of her Doc Martens, tightening her coat around her. I took a silence to be another indication of a lack of acceptance of normal social cues. Bouncer outside the bar was eyeing up the situation, perhaps wondering if he would, should, let me back in? I sighed, flicking what was left of my cigarette into the canal. It's my birthday, which just so happens to be the day mum died. So, I was already in a bit of an ambivalent mood before you showed up. Now, if you'll excuse me, there are a bunch of friends in there who may never be as close as you and I were, but at least they're not choosing to kick through the ashes of my past to make some bloody grand entrance. I turned to the bar and, with as much dignity as I could muster, made my way back towards the door. John, 
I heard SH shout behind me. John Watson! I took a deep breath. I weighed up my options again and decided that one last spray of vitriol was just what she needed. I turned around and found SH presenting me with a cupcake. An unlit candle sticking out of it like a pathetic monument to her self-pity. I knew it was your birthday, mate. I wasn't going to forget that, was I? She sniffed, still refusing to look me in the eye and gesturing to the candle. Couldn't get the bastard thing to light. I've got another one in my bag. Red velvet, your mum's favourite, yeah? Can't stand the things, honestly. I mean, I had a plan we could swipe a bottle of vodka and see the old bird, but, um, yeah. I walked slowly up to SH, took the cupcake from her hand and removed the candle. Placing that in my pocket, I lifted SH's chin with my free hand and kissed her on the forehead. Then, with my other hand, I pushed the cupcake onto her nose, leaving a great glob of red icing there. Finally, I took a huge bite out of the cake, managing to get frosting on my own face. At first unsure how to respond, SH broke out into a smile. I smiled back and grabbed her hand. Right, are you going to come in and buy me a drink or stand there looking like a clown? I laughed. SH, still holding my hand, ran forwards towards the entrance of the bar, singing merrily, I'm here, you're queer, I'm buying you a beer. For the rest of the night, SH refused to discuss it further where she had been, citing that she had been an Ibiza rep for a short period and would like to put the whole affair behind her. Not wanting to rock the boat and hearing in my head my mum telling me off, I relented to just being happy that my good friend was back in my life. So much so, I made the fatal decision to finish off that free-range pint. So, SH is back in John's life. What can this mean for him? Well, you'll just have to find out next week with the next episode of Miss Holmes. The song you heard at the beginning and end of this podcast is Manchester, South Dakota by Happiness in Airplanes. If you liked what you heard today and want to skip ahead in the tale, you can do by buying a copy of the ebook Miss Holmes from Amazon, Smashwords, or iTunes. If you'd like to email me, you can do so at missholmesmcr at gmail.com. Tell me what you think of the podcast, what your favourite Sherlock Holmes pastiche is, and maybe just share some recipes. They're always nice. You can also follow me on Twitter at missholmesmcr. Thanks for listening. I hope we can do this again sometime. And remember, you're all beautiful. <laughs>